Our world, as we are all aware of, is more divided than ever. One problem would have been bad enough, but combination of all is overwhelming. Underlying many of these issues, which plagues humanity today, is our compulsive addiction with our thoughts and hyper-identification with the ego. Before we even start to think about what's happening in the outer world, what we desperately need is an inward revolution, a deep realization of who we truly are and how we relate to the existence. My guest for this exploration is Noel Chandler, a beautiful, beautiful soul, the founder of Tender Serene Coaching, a relationship coach who specializes in healing of codependency through yogic teachings. This is a powerful conversation about self-realization. So without further ado, let's wake up. Anyways, coming to self, uh, self, I always say self-actualization, <laughs> coming to self-realization, <laughs> we have to start from the start, right? Mm-hmm. So let's start from your childhood. How was you as a kid and at what point in time your journey towards self-realization started? Great question. Um, so I was always like a really deep thinker as a kid, even like always asking those big questions, yeah. you know, um, why am I here? Like, what does this mean? That kind of thing. And I didn't really have um, the kind of childhood where I was, I had access to answers to those questions. Um, I, you know, I had a typical sort of um, kind of middle class upbringing in America and was sort of like forced to go to church kind of thing, even though I didn't really understand what that meant either. Um, So I was always like, I think my path would be the one that kind of comes out of great suffering. Um, You know, there are so many sages that we talk about, um, you know, great thinkers and, and, um, you know, actualized people who really from the time they were a little child, everybody just knew that they were like an enlightened being you know, and that, that was not me. (laughs) I was, I was, um, I suffered deeply as a child and throughout most of my life. Um, and mostly because of, like I said, not feeling like I didn't have access to the answers to those questions, um, that I didn't really fully understand my experience and I didn't really feel I had access to the wisdom that would help me to understand. So um, I, I wasn't really able to, at least in my, in my view, I wasn't able to have access to that uh, wisdom or that help until I became an adult, you know, and I started to seek out, um, you know, people could, who could help me with my depression Um, people who could help me with my um, suicidal thoughts. And so I started seeing therapists uh, a lot. You know, I started working with different therapists and um, 
trying to use what we would define as Western psychology, you know, to try to find some peace and uh, understand, understand my life and understand myself um, better. And it's really interesting because each therapist that I worked with taught me something important. You know what I mean? Each one of them had an impact on my life and taught me something different that kind of moved me along on my path. And eventually, I mean, I was really surprised to find that some of my um, psychologists also had this other side to them that I didn't expect from, from someone who I saw kind of saw as a scientist. Um, some of my therapists also introduced me to this whole world of spirituality, which I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. And I was like, wow, because I, yeah. I didn't really give much thought to like God or, you know, um, a spiritual path until this one therapist introduced me to it. Um, she introduced me to the idea of law of attraction which is a pretty kind of like hot topic, I guess, has been for maybe the last 20 years or so. Um, And simultaneously, while I was learning about law of attraction, I got got really interested in yoga too. So I had these two like really big concepts that I was sort of being indoctrinated, but um, we'll say initiated. I was being initiated into these really um, heavy like traditions, really like dense traditions, especially yoga, because I mean, it's a concept that has been around for thousands of years. And so I got like really, really deeply into this, you know, like how you picture like a bell curve, like I was going to go in along like this with my psychology path. And then like, once I discovered these two, it was like, like I went like so deeply into those two things. It got really, really into those two things because the healing, the healing power of those two ideas really started to move through me. And I really started to feel, feel at peace and feel better and feel like I had some concrete understanding of who I was and um, my life experience and and what it meant, what it means and you know, all of those questions that I had had as a kid that I, you know, couldn't wrap my head around, I started to be able to, to feel at peace with that. So um, if that, um, if that gives you enough about, (laughs) enough about my childhood, um, I'm open to hearing your thoughts or other questions that you have, but that's kind of my path in a nutshell. (laughs) You, you described it pretty well and they were great highlights and what clicked my mind is this what I have found common among people who are in on this path is this combination of curiosity and suffering hmm. 
so what do you think is the relation of curiosity suffering and self realization mm that's a really beautiful question like a really beautiful connection to make um curiosity and suffering so i think that and i'm just going to describe from my experience obviously everyone has their own experience so everyone's going to have a different take on this but when i um like i described to you when when i was a child and i had that curiosity i think a lot of times if we have that curiosity and we feel like maybe the answers aren't coming you know or or like we push really hard for something because like especially in the west you know we're like a gratification culture right so it's mm-hmm. like we want something and we expect it and when it's not there suffering right so that's that's um kind of a really important thing i think in in our um in the way that we relate to ourselves and in the way that we relate to our life is kind of coming to like a certain amount of acceptance yeah. of um the way that things unfold you know um it's when we start to have that resistance right and that push against that we encounter greater suffering um and suffering is really is a, a, an important realization that i've come to is that suffering is a tool right. suffering is actually a necessary component of our realization um and our acceptance of that um really helps us to create a more beautiful path a more beautiful journey for ourselves um yeah. when we encounter suffering a lot of times our our instinct like we were talking about you and I talked about before our instinct is to push against the suffering Yeah. and to try and resist the things that we don't like and and pull toward us the things that we do and and it's this constant pushing and pulling and we try so hard to be in control of our life experience um that we we miss out on on the unfolding of of our moments and um and the way that we relate to our suffering is part of that you know you know so um that took me a long time to figure that out you know uh, a lot yeah. of suffering and um we don't have to suffer as much as we do you know um suffering is important and and i think that it's uh important to know how to process and relate to our suffering but there's also joy too and you know when we get too caught we get too caught in our suffering or too caught in our joy it creates this kind of karmic imbalance yeah we also talked about people get addicted to their suffering and it's very hard to figure it out like you said suffering is useful and i totally agree with that but the thing which is the hardest when it comes to suffering is to figure it out like for example you have you have suffering since your childhood right and you don't know any reality apart from that suffering okay 
So you think there is just this and you that's normal for you. Yeah. And that's the normal. That's the known. And you're yes. so scared of getting from that known to unknown because you're not familiar. You'll not be familiar if you leave that suffering, your whole existence, your whole identity is built upon that. Your suffering, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really, really important point to make. Um, I think most people, once they understand what self-realization is, they start to have that desire come in for that, right? Like yeah. they want that peace and that love and yeah, it can be really um, scary to when you start to experience changes in your identity. Yeah. Like that's yeah. our ego, right? Like taking yeah. it back to Western psychology, like, that's our ego. That's our identity. We've always yeah. identified with our suffering. Yeah, it can be very kind of uncomfortable to, to step outside of that um, and start to come into a different awareness. Right. Um, yeah, that's and the big part that, of self realization is to heal your wounds. So, like, uh, Yes, day before yesterday, I was uh, uh, having a podcast and the person mentioned that this uh, wants this psychological pains wants we have, yeah. this become these becomes a barrier when it comes to self realization They They are the things which are impeding you. So mm -hmm. you're not able to see your reality, right? You're so immersed in your experience of reality that you can't see the reality if you know what i mean yeah definitely you can't see the forest for the trees right like uh there is um there's a really great um wisdom keeper uh spiritual teacher named michael singer who was kind of formative for me in my experience of my journey and he talks a lot about samskaras have you ever heard of this concept of samskaras how can't i, I live in india <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> so that like i tend to kind of think of that as the spiritual equivalent of trauma or wounds right like we have this we had an experience and the the energy of that experience um what did not did not process correctly it didn't right. it didn't pass through the wholeness of our being it sort of got stuck right yeah. like it got stuck within us and when that happens, yes, like you said, like the, the rest of the energy of our life that needs to continuously pass through our being yeah. can't, it can't pass through. We can't experience life the way that we're supposed to because we have this stuckness. Yeah. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. The, the wounds and the trauma, um, I mean, I think it's important to revisit those, you know, mm. I think it's important to look at our traumas and our wounds. Um, you know, a lot of people call it shadow work, right. shadow work or inner child work. 
um, where you kind of, you're finding a way to relate to yourself that's different. Yeah. You know, you're finding a way to look at your stuff um, and really like feel those emotions, like feel that suffering maybe that you couldn't deal with, like you couldn't deal with it, right? So you just pushed right. it away, use, you pushed it down. Jungian perspective, you're not trying to eliminate it, you're trying to integrate it, right? There's a right, difference. yes, transform it. Um, up level it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love Young and, and everything that he talks about with shadow work and um, our acceptance. So the healer's acceptance. Yeah. Um, and that's something I struggled with a lot as a healer too, um, in relating to my clients and it, even just in relating to friends and family when they would have a problem and things like that. Like we have to accept ourselves yeah. first as we are and all of our traumas all of our darkness all of our shadows right we have to accept all of that um in order to be able to accept that in other people in someone that we're healing or someone that is a loved one yeah yeah and it's i think it's we don't just stop on acceptance when we don't when we stop running away from our shadow and our trauma which i'm still doing i'm not claiming that i'm the perfect it's a never ending process right we'll never be done yeah right so when we what i have observed that when we bring that shadow into our awareness slowly slowly it starts to melt right it, yeah it's not going away. It's like, like melting into your own being. It's opening. Yeah. It's like a flower, right? Like a. Because when you eliminate lotus. it and a lot of people, when it, when you talk from religious perspective and all that, a lot of them focus on eliminating, but what I think where they like miss the boat is when you're into eliminating something, there is a lot of trapped energy in in that okay right and it will also go away and there is a huge potential which you could have used in your growth in your self-realization which you just yes. put it aside right like the poisonous flower also is used for medicine right mm-hmm. like it's um it's part like it's it's part of our healing process like i have that that awareness that everything there's a reason for it right like there's a reason for everything that's that acceptance and like you said it does we don't just stop at acceptance we're also i think when you know when you um sent me the questions and you mentioned um the definition of self-realization i was going to come what, to that <laughs> yeah sorry i'm <laughs> jumping the gun a little bit but no, it's uh to take it a step further from acceptance. I mean, acceptance is an important step. That's like sort of the first step, right? But then mm-hmm. like to continue on that path, you actually come into harmony with it. So you actually mm-hmm. like celebrate it. And the, that's when you start to have that loving energy like coming from within you, right? Like that is the, that is the relationship with life 
where we start to come into harmony, like with our moments. So we're not just accepting it, but we're also relating it, relating to it in a loving way. Like, oh yes, this, like normally this shitty thing that happened, I love this. This is an opportunity to X, Y, Z, or let me feel into this and see where it takes me. And yeah. So I think that's a big part of that definition of self-realization for me is, is to come into harmony with all that is, to come into harmony with every piece of our experience, whether it's inner or outer, right? Because we've got those two worlds, right? Yeah. There's the outer world and the inner world. And I think that coming into harmony with those is really the goal, right? Like oneness is really the goal to kind yeah. of merge the mind, body, soul as cliche. Until there as will be hard. division inside you or outside. How can one be like in oneness with anything, right? Until there is division inside us. Like until there is this conflicting personalities, one personality want this, one personality want that. And we are like uh, war inside ourselves all the time. And everybody can relate to that. Nobody talks about that. That's another matter. <laughs> yeah, that's a great thing to talk about. So I, can I ask you a question then? Sure. Just sure. really quick. What do you think? Um, who are those like two voices? Like who are the, who do you think are those two warring voices inside? Like is one of them the ego and one of them is the high self? Like who are those two voices that are always, are? is it just us arguing with ourselves? Like, what is it? It's what I think is, it's just duality. Like mm. everything in the universe, there is good and there is bad. All right. So, if there will be pain, there will be happiness. If there will be light, there will be darkness. All right. So if I'll choose one voice is just choosing happiness. So another voice is choosing unhappiness. If another voice is choosing happiness, so it's a battle between pleasure and pain. That's great. That's a really good point. Yeah. There's like the little devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other shoulder. Right. <laughs> and there, not, yeah. Though I will not say like these are two things. What I have discovered is this, there is only one thing that's the same voice. I like to put it, voices are conflicting with each other. But what I have observed in myself, that's the same voice, which is having conflict, like it's a crazy monkey. It's jumping around here and there. Right. The right. monkey mind. The monkey yeah. Mind. So it's the same voice, which sometimes says this, sometimes says that. It's just our thoughts. Right. Yeah, I like I like that you're bringing up the concept of the voice in the head because that's something that was really huge, at least for me on my journey. Um, and something again, uh, I'll bring up Michael Singer again, um, yeah. that um, he addresses a lot of that voice in the head, right? That's constantly talking. Yeah. And even when most of us identify so much with that voice that we don't even realize that it's talking, we don't even realize, you know, we just know that we have a feeling, right? Like we get a, a feeling in, in our heart space of yeah. fear or sadness or anger. And sometimes 
we don't even realize that it's not just the stimulus outside of us. There are also thoughts that are going through our head after that stimulus takes place. Right. right. And so those thoughts are actually what, what comes before the feeling. Um, and you mentioned, what was the other thing you mentioned? Um, in your notes about, uh, let's, uh, I think we have defined. I don't want to take it too far. Go ahead. No, no, sure. Where do you want to take it? We can jump around. <laughs> no, like, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. I, th I think we have uh, defined self-realization or aren't we? I think it would be not be clear to for many people who are still like, listening to us. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So let's, decide, let's define self-realization precisely and then we'll move forward. Right. Sure. Well, I think that definition, to be honest, is going to look different for everyone. Um, like I said, I mean, for me, self-realization is 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 coming into is coming into harmony with your reality and with yeah. uh, who you are, awareness of who and what you really are. That to me is self-realization, but it's perfectly okay for somebody else to have a different definition of that. Do you want to share your definition of that? I, like the word says it all. I think. Sure. Self-realization, the realization of your true self, I think that's right. Valuable. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. It's that awareness. Of you don't have to confuse it with your what I was looking for to define that uh, people who haven't experienced it, they will confuse it like being yourself, like being your egoic self. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, there's that phrase that so many people love to say, and I and I hate this word, the word just, just be yourself, <laughs> right? Like just, which the, that word just implies that that's an easy thing to do. It's an right. easy thing to be yourself. And it's honestly the whole journey, the whole journey and that whole process of learning and understanding who you are. It's as a lifelong like saying, process. Just climb Mount Everest. <laughs> right. Just go just on the top exactly. of the Mount Everest. <laughs> just climb Everest. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Anyways, yeah. So how does the staircase that leads to self-realization looks like in your mind? Wow, that's a beautiful question. Um, well, I described a little bit about what that staircase has looked like for me, but yeah. again, it's our, there, are, there are as many ways to live as there are people in the world, right? Like True. there, everyone's um, journey to uh, of self-realization i don't want to say to self-realization because that implies that there's like a, a finish line and there isn't right we all know that there's no finish line um everyone's journey is so beautifully unique um but i think that you know depending on on kind of where you are right on the maybe on the emotional scale, um, depending on, you know, your, your level of suffering. Um, some people spend a lot of time of their life, like a really big chunk of their life, really caught in their suffering. 
Um, so I guess your, your staircase is going to look different depending on where you are in your suffering. Um, or, or the other way of saying that is where you are in your joy. Um, because I think you, you have to bloom where you're at, right? Like you have to start where you are. And so maybe the beginning of that process um, is, is just opening oneself a little bit to um, maybe the things that bring you peace. Um, I, I think that, you know, I, I hate, this is another cliche, but following your joy, um, starting to give yourself permission to explore, um, who, who you are, explore what you're interested in, explore what brings you peace and what brings you joy. Um, I know for me, like I, I really had to actively start giving myself permission to like, you know, read this book or listen yeah. to this uh, speaker or, um, you know, go to that yoga class. You know, my, my, my yoga journey started with a very kind of westernized definition of yoga you know it just was like go to that yoga class and get in shape and you know make your body look good and check out the dude hot dude at the yoga class you know what I mean so it's it starts with it might start at that very superficial level right like we go from out to in like the gross to the subtle so maybe just in recognizing if you have shame around that, if you have shame around where you're at, you know, start maybe just little pieces at a time, giving yourself permission to be okay with that, you know, like be okay with where you are because that path will eventually lead you. It will eventually lead you inward. It will eventually lead you to the subtle places within. Yeah. So uh, does that answer your question? <laughs> precisely. So we start, we started with uh, healing and joy, follow your joy and work on your healing. Right. There's where we start. That's the spot. And then comes the question, why the hell we are doing this? Why, why self-realize? What's the point? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Just trying to why? look from the listener's perspective. So. Yeah, no, this is, this is great. This is really, that's a really good question. Um, well, I think for someone who's suffering greatly, that why question is a pretty simple question. You know, if someone is suffering greatly, you would do almost anything not to feel that suffering. Right. And I feel like that is a part of the game, right? That's part of, in my view, why the game is designed the way it's designed, why it's set up the way it's set up. Because yes, that I spent a lot of time asking that question. Why, why am I suffering so much? Why does, why does life require this much suffering? 
Um, and so when I started to inch toward those answers, um, it was like you, you suffering <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to get too too far into you know religion or, or anything like that I'm not a religious person I'm a spiritual person um, but to me when you start to have those conversations uh, with yourself or with the universe some people like to call it source some people like to call it God yeah. when you start to have those conversations um, you know, it brings us back to what we talked about before. Suffering brings us, suffering brings us closer to oneness with all that is. I, I think personally, it brings me into closer relationship with God. I don't have a problem calling it God now. I would have about maybe five years ago, I would have had a hard time calling it God, but I'm okay to call it that, that now. Um, but I know that's a triggering word for a lot of people because so many are, um, and have been oppressed by religion. Um, I feel like I've gotten away from your question a little bit and you, can you, uh, refresh me what the question was again? No, we were talking about what's the point of self-realization and why it's necessary. So, and I totally, yeah. I totally resonate with what you said. Uh, like, uh, you don't have a problem with using the word God. Because as you said, you, like when you understand, like word is not the thing, like word is not, you can't get wet by the word water. right? So when you understand mm-hmm. that word is not the actual thing, so word starts to matter less, whatever word you want to use it, you use it like people a lot of times. Get right. Into... Exactly. Yes. <laughs> like I just want to drink water. So true. I'm thirsty. I don't care. What, what do you want to call it? Right. Hi, C, kombucha, whatever it is, just give yeah. it to me. Yes, exactly. That's so true. Like as we get along this path, we become less dualistic and the word for whatever it is matters less science god to me it's all the same thing yeah um so the go ahead concept uh i used to call it like my why which is like when it when i think about why is why we are doing it and why we are having this conversation and why i'm doing whatever i'm doing and you are doing whatever you are doing i use this word that we are creating a flourishing world okay it's flourishing world is kind of our utopia and i know it's your utopia as well this is the world in the future where there's the least amount of suffering for humanity and for other creatures as well and every life like being the most intelligent like you want to call it being or animal or whatever, being the like so much intelligence, we have so much knowledge. Like how, how aren't we creating like this kind of flourishing world where every life is thriving, like self actualization and self realization is realizing your full potential, right? What it's not depends on like, I'm not comparing my potential with your potential. 
like right. you have certain kind of potential i have certain kind of potential and every life mm-hmm. is doing it except the humans you you will see two trees right. they they are all they both are reaching the sky without any comparison right. with each other right so what our mind is yeah, yeah our mind is this great gift and it's also right. has the potential to be this horrible nightmare so let's talk about yes, flourishing completely. and if i have defined flourishing pretty well and you understand it so <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> the relationship between flourishing and self realization like how can we use this path to create that utopia we have in our mind yeah that flourishing world that's beautiful that's beautiful um well i think that you know this this path of self realization is um is is also a way of becoming more conscious right like becoming more yeah. conscious of what we're doing and how we do it and not just um doing physically but what what's going on internally too yeah. um i think there is a lot of unconsciousness out there um within human beings like you said we have these incredible minds and this incredible logic that was meant to be a tool for us um and there are many people who are externally achieving what the i guess what the western world would would call great success right um yeah we we have this um idea and this definition of of what success is and our society has become so focused and um and driven by um achieving that sort of external success that um we're not conscious of what is going on internally we're not honoring what is going on internally um and and not just internally within ourselves but internally within others internally within um you know the consciousness of the earth the consciousness of animals um the consciousness of all all the energies around us right all the manifestation everything that has manifested right around us um and it's taken me a long time to start to um come to my own acceptance of that too so the acceptance of the world as it is um with the state that it's in and right like you said this this utopian um manifestation that we would like to see um and so there's like i almost see that as like a collective path right like our collective self realization right like so there's the world as it is and then there's that utopian manifestation that we want to see and then there's the path in between right so what you're talking about i think is is how do we create that collective um healing that collective utopia that that um beautiful flower that we know is possible you know it in your heart i know it in my heart like we have that belief that this is um I'm not call it a belief yes you're right that inner like knowing that how about that <laughs> that knowing that inner knowing that we have that this is is a reality i suppose that that might be a first step 
to that path is like you said, that inner, having that inner knowing, um, and inspiring that inner knowing in others, which is what you're doing. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I think you, uh, you used a great phrase, which I want to repeat again, like the journey starts where you are. Like I have seen, like I often use these kinds of statements, okay, society is doing this to us and society is doing this to us. But I'm coming from a place of realization that we collectively, like you use the word, like collectively we have to move towards it. So we ourselves are creating that society, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not like society is some other entity there and we are some separate entity somewhere. Right. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's that, um, it starts with the individual. It does. It starts, it starts within us. Right. Um, I don't think that we can ask that of others until we ourselves are that, that example of, of healing right? Like we, we have to, um, we have to heal ourselves before, before we can ask that of others, you know? So that's, that's a really important place. Yeah. Acceptance and acceptance of this whole experience as it is, right? So the acceptance of self and the acceptance of, of all that is, um, there, there was definitely a period of time on my path and it still comes up for me. Like you, like we both said, this is always an ongoing process that never Never ends. Um, there's a period of time where, that I think a lot of people go through where they're almost like angry with God, you know, like, why are things this way? Like, why did you create us to feel so much suffering? And why is this? Yeah. Like, you know, we're angry. Yeah. Yeah. Like why, <laughs> why doesn't the, everything just line up the way I want it? Um, and the, the, the ironic, you know, kind of paradoxical um, reality of it is that when we let go of how we think things should be, yeah that's when we start to really experience beauty. Like that's when we start to really, when we surrender to the unfolding of life. Um, this is so powerful. Yeah. As it is. Yeah. That's a big one. Something and uh, that's and really to me, the entire yogic practice. Let's sink it in. Let's have a few moments so it gets sink in what you have said yeah. just right now. <laughs> and awesome. I I mean these are these are teachings that are not mine. I mean I I, I share them. I share them, but these are these are teachings, wisdom teachings that have yeah. been passed down for thousands of years, right? So I'm sort of just relaying what I have learned and what I have experienced in my life, but it's certainly not original. 
<laughs> I would say the words might not be original, but I can sense that from where they are coming from is pretty like original. Thank you, thank you for yeah. that. It's just I language. That. You have to use it to communicate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyways so what are the books which have impacted your life a lot or you have gifted them to your loved ones a lot yeah these are um so i'll bring it back again to um to sort of the onset of my um we'll say my like my trajectory like where where I started to really take off um I started reading a lot of books uh about law of attraction um so that started with um Esther Hicks who um is the channeler of what she calls Abraham um and like I said this is not the end-all be-all um this book for me was a step in in the right direction of my path. Um, so that was a really powerful book for me. And again, um, as far as, you know, duality goes, a lot of people interpret what she says in this book as kind of like the one and only. Um, and I, I ask that if you read that book, you, you take it for what it is, um, because it it does describe law of attraction as an important process. Yeah. Law of attraction is also described in the Bhagavad Gita and in the Bible. You know, it's it's just being expressed in a different way. And for me, that was the way that I was able to hear it. I so had let's, to let's hear talk it. Let's about of law of attraction a bit because this topic I sure. think is pretty much. Like people almost think it's shady. Shady? Shady in a way, like it's there's something. Yeah, it's caught, it's caught a bad rap um, the last few years. And I think what frightens people about it is that often it's interpreted as just a way of getting what you want. You know, like it's interpreted as it's coming from a know, place of ego. Right. Or a place of unconsciousness. Yes. Whether you want to call it evil or unconsciousness, um, coming from a place of, of lack of understanding. Um, and yeah, there are a lot of people just like in any philosophy or faith, there are people who are going to misinterpret it. Um, there are a lot of people who misinterpret the Bible. There are a lot of people who misinterpret the Torah and, uh, you know, the Quran, there are people who misinterpret the Gita. So all of these texts, there is wisdom there. And to me, it's all the same wisdom. Um, a really big part of my path was let me read as many of these texts as possible so that I can find the common thread so that I can find the unifying truth because it is there. That's an inner knowing that I have that there is one unifying truth um, that we can come to. So whatever book it is, you're going to read, whether it's, you know, law of attraction, uh, it's I think the book, the book that I read was called ask and it is given. 
is the first uh, Esther Hicks book that Esther I read. Hicks. Okay. Right. And so when we read a text, I think we need to look at what is there for us, take with you what feels like your truth. You know what I mean? Take from it what feels like your truth. And and that is imp- an important trust to have with yourself um, yeah. um, to, to be able to read something or to be able to consider something, whether it's a philosophy or a religion or turning on the news, right? Like we have to be able to look at something uh, from that deeper awareness and say, this feels like truth to me. And I can't hear this right now. You know what I'm saying? And and just because I can't hear it right now doesn't mean I might not eventually be able to hear it. Um, you know, af- what's that? You're not just ready, I think, like to hear some things. Right. Like some people it, might not be ready to hear this conversation. This podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um So I think that when we can step back a little bit from our reactions, because we tend to be a very reactive society, especially in the West, um, if we can step back for a moment and and tune in and say, you know what, this is something that's useful for me in my life right now. And this is something that's not hitting yet. And that I don't need to demonize this entire philosophy or demonize this entire wisdom keeper, healer, faith, whatever you want to call it. I don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. If that makes sense, I can take a piece of wisdom that works for me and I can move on, you know, to the next thing. I can apply this to my life and I can move on to the next dance. Um, I, I think that that is a, a really important step for people in, in, becoming more conscious is like us being able to consider something without reacting so quickly and, and extremely. Yeah. Go with, go with a sense of skepticism and do whatever you want. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A discernment, a discernment. You don't have to accept Um, whatever is written in the book. You can challenge it, play with it. Right. Yeah. At the end, when you consume it, just burn it because it's of no use for you when you have learned yes. the things you want to learn. So and 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 it was really confusing for me for a long time because I, when I became trained as a coach, I started, um, you know, applying a lot of law of attraction principles in my coaching, but I was also being trained as a yoga teacher at the same time. I was doing these trainings at the same time. You have also been a psychology student, right? So I think it's pretty, like you have, you can view a thing from a lot of perspective. That's why I wanted to know your perspective on law of attraction, because as I see law of attraction, I'll, I'll let you complete because I don't have that, that thorough understanding, but that reticular activating system which we have in our brains if you know about it it's a system in our brains which when you feed your subconscious a lot of things so it starts seeing like it's kind of uh, i can explain like this is suppose your circle of importance right 
this is importance for you and whatever you will put in this glass your mind will think okay this is important for me and now i have to pay attention right for example when you buy a new car right suddenly that car is popping up like everywhere you think okay everybody bought that car no it, it has became a part of your world so now you're mm. seeing the car everywhere so i think the law of attraction if i see from a psychology perspective it works the same way when somebody like with somebody something some topic right becomes your focus on it focus of attention so your mind is trying to help you subconsciously mm. and it's interesting too because it was my psychologist that introduced me to law of attraction <laughs> so it's very ironic you know um that you know anybody can be open to anything but where it becomes useful i think um So as you explore if you decide to explore um any literature on this I think the it becomes useful in in uh, there's something in it that's talked a lot about uh your vibration right, right. um vibration is an important concept in law of attraction And again, vibration is something that's talked a lot about in the Bhagavad Gita too, which is another book that I deeply love and would strongly recommend um to anyone who's, you know, even if you're not necessarily interested in yoga, uh, it's it's a book of deep wisdom. Um the concept of vibration um is talked about in both of those texts. uh the idea of of tuning yourself um and being aware of where you are i suppose on on the emotional scale um so um being aware of your emotions um and i do believe that um our our emotional state and our emotional um vibration our energy you can even just call it your energy i do believe that um you will create more of what you are vibrating at so if you are if you are a person who's deeply suffering i do believe that that will be mirrored in your manifestations that will be mirrored in in your um in whatever you create in whatever you um your your living your living situation your relationships your job if you are yeah. deeply suffering i don't think it it's logical that um you would create from that suffering right you would create from that place of suffering um so i do think it's important to be aware of where you are on that emotional scale and that you can um you can achieve a a more loving vibration you can achieve a more loving energy and you can heal yourself with that you can heal your life with that um so to me that's where it becomes useful um i think a lot of people interpret it as oh i'm just i'm going to get whatever i want you know so i <laughs> i'm vibrating with the frequency of ferrari <laughs> tomorrow right. i have a ferrari, ferrari on my doorstep <laughs> magically exactly <laughs> I, what exactly. what well, i am skeptical is 
skeptical about mm-hmm. law of attraction is i can see the sense of it but when you take this concept at some unrealistic dream zone right like i want i'll go to mars and i'm i start visualizing that i'll go to mars and i'll be the king of mars right mm-hmm. no matter mm-hmm. how you visualize it's unlikely that it's gonna happen and right so mm-hmm. i think psychology spirituality your vibrations your frequency all of this including what the i mentioned like your rectical activating system the combination of all this i think somehow although i haven't figured it out yet but i think somehow it works in a similar way like uh, the things you put out you come like they come back to you but when you have these kinds of imagination and you go on to unrealistic world i don't know well um i'm going to bring up i'm going to bring up the tantric path here for a minute which i don't know if you're familiar with this, but the tantric path this conversation path is, is getting too interesting <laughs> well, so I I get the sense that you have an idea about what I mean by tantra. Um so I mean that the tantric path is the path of desire, right? So um there are many yogic paths, there are many paths within the the yogic tradition and the tantric path has become overly associated in the world to do with sex um which it's it's it can be used for that but so can yeah. any other type of yoga um the tantric path i mean essentially you become realized by burning through all of your desires right, right? so you you get the ferrari right and then the point of getting the ferrari is that once yeah. you get it you realize that you don't need it because it's not going to make you happy um for an extended period of time so um that tantric path is basically you indulge in all these things is the path of excess right you indulge in all of these things and eventually the purpose of that path is that you burn it all off and then you right. come to the realization that there is nothing that you need except for what is inside of you right like everything that you need is inside of you So it's not for me to judge how someone arrives at that path, you know, if somebody arrives at that path through law of attraction and through manifesting all of this, you know, riches that they thought that they wanted, great, you know, as long as they get the, I mean you're going to get there eventually anyways. Yeah. In my view, you know, if you it takes you right. one When, lifetime or if you're a million. If you're curious about something, go explore it. Eventually you're going to get bored. you are going to like rise above it <laughs> not move beyond it rise above it right and yeah it was ramdas who said every every method every path is a, is just a trap right like it, it's all a trap it's all exactly. a game you know it's all yeah. a game so just play the game you know take the curriculum as he would say right don't take it too seriously you know yeah. so now yeah. we have moved from the realm of we actually we started the funny thing is we started this co- uh, conversation with 
self realization we already started on the mountain top <laughs> and we worked our way down <laughs> worked our way down and now we are like trying to uh, go beyond that mountain and the, you are talking about now self transcendence you are now we are transcending the self just explore yourself and yeah amazing yeah it all yeah. relates you know it's like it was um, fun <laughs> my feminine mind having like the little noodles right they say women's mind is like a is like spaghetti and men's mind are like a waffle i don't fully believe that because everybody has masculine and feminine within them but um everything connects to us yeah, i think you know, i think, feminine, I think you have like applied all the ingredients you had and we have <laughs> yeah i gave you as much as i could as much as we could right now <laughs> as much as we could fit into an hour yeah, yeah i think we we covered a lot <laughs> i'll give it a like listen i listen to it again myself so uh, my last question what message you have for the world and it's a big one <laughs> Oh, I'm going to be cliché and just give you a Gandhi quote, is that okay? Sure, sure. <laughs> so he said my life is my message, right? Um mm. I suppose that as um as opposed to trying to sum it all up with as we said these feudal words that fail to really encompass who we are and what we want to express. Um mm. yeah I, who i am and and the work that i and the work that i do is is my message uh awesome i i i hope to to just create healing and and, and love and um bring people some peace bring some peace to the world i'm grateful that you exist oh thank you I received that fully. I'm grateful that you exist. Thank you. This has been such a privilege. See you. Um I think we have sailed the ship pretty well. <laughs> we have now reached the shore. <laughs> so we might have taken um, a few detours, but <laughs> Yeah. So I'll ask you to come again sometime and have a conversation with me. It was the great it was a great experience yes yes i can't uh i i can't wait yeah thank you